everyone is here. Welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast where we interview professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger. I'm Jeff Schutze. And we're very excited today because we're doing a very brand new thing. Today we have an internship roundtable. We have an all-star panel of previous podcast guests who are going to tell us all about their internship experiences, how they got their internships, different ways to get internships, how to conduct yourself during the internship, and so much more. So if you would please introduce yourselves. I'm James Mosley. I interned at Nickelodeon in 2014, and I now work at DreamWorks TV as a production coordinator. Hi, I'm Lauren Krieger. I interned at Bento Box through the Emmy Foundation, Titmouse, in Nickelodeon, and I'm now a storyboard revisionist at Nickelodeon. Hi, I'm Jocelyn Liang, and I interned at Nickelodeon Games and also Pixar, and I'm currently living the freelance life. <laughs> I'm Cassie Soliday, and I interned at the Second City and Annoyance, as well as RPM Visual Media in Chicago before interning at Nickelodeon Animation in 2011. And y'all know me, I'm Angela Ensminger, I'm one of the hosts, and I interned at the Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum back in 2002, and then I interned over at Pixar in the development department in 2015. So yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So people are always asking us all the time, whenever we go to conventions or online, or we talk to people at events, how do you get an internship? What do you do? But I want to start a little bit before that. So when I was looking at schools, I intentionally was applying to schools that had good recruitment programs where recruiters from studios actually came to those schools. And I was wondering when you guys were looking at the different schools that you wanted to go to, was that a consideration? Were you even thinking about internships before going to art school? Before like my animation journey really started, um, I was getting my associate's degree at Santa Barbara City College. And then I had to figure out once I finished getting my associate's degree, what university I was gonna go to. And I did my research on Cal State Fullerton. And I saw that they had like a 70% success rate or something of like students who end up getting jobs in those major studios. And um, I had a discussion over email, I think it was with Chuck Greed, but they were talking about how that school had a great relationship with Nickelodeon and a few other companies. Right then I was like, okay, I need to go to Cal State Fullerton if I'm gonna work at like a major studio like Nickelodeon. And then it happened, short version. Okay, and we'll get into the long version later on. How about anybody else? Was that a consideration for where you went to school? Yeah, so for undergrad, I went to Northwestern College in Minnesota. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but during my senior year, I was discovered animation or like settled on it and then took a gap year and decided that I wanted to do my master's just because I wasn't sure if I wanted to live in California. So the master's route would allow me to teach anywhere. But when I was looking at schools, one thing I didn't do during undergrad was internships. And I saw how vital that was for my friends who did get jobs right afterwards. So when researching what MFA program I wanted to go to, I narrowed it down to Los Angeles because that had the most amount of studios and would allow me to take on like fall and spring internships and not just summer. For me, I definitely did my research on schools. Um, my number one goal when I was in high school was the Pixar internship. And I looked into a lot of different schools. Originally, I wanted to go to school in the East Coast. RISD was my number one choice. And then after doing some 
poking around, I realized most of the people who graduate and get to work in animation, they went to the schools in Los Angeles because that's where the film industry is. So I ended up looking at CalArts and Art Center College of Design. That's actually where I ended up going. And I realized a lot of the Pixar interns came from those schools and a lot of the surrounding Los Angeles area schools too. So I ended up going to Art Center because I really liked the way people painted and um, just like what they teach the students in the programs. And also I felt like it would give me an edge in helping me get into the Pixar internship. And apparently it helps because I got it. So yeah, that's kind of where I came from to get to my internship goals. I should have looked at all those things, but I I went to Columbia College in Chicago and they were really the only college at the time when I was looking that had a more fleshed out animation program. We still had a long way to go, of course, but in the area, it was uh, close to home because I couldn't afford to go anywhere else. So those were kind of the things that I looked at when picking my school. But looking at what comes out of the school is a great idea. (laughs) And for me, I looked at schools, but the reason why was because I was coming off of having a different career. So originally, when I first went to college, I did not know anything about internships at all. I had never met anybody who had an internship. I didn't know anything about that. And so I didn't get an internship until senior year of college, undergrad, and that was a lot of fun. And the way that I was able to do it was we had a really nice career center and they had a binder filled with internships. And I just looked through this binder that was about eight inches thick, it felt like, and they had a listing for a bubble at Texas State History Museum. And I called them up and I talked to the woman who was running it and it was a one woman department and she really (laughs) wanted assistance. And so I just interned there for free every Monday and I got to park there for free and I got free food and I got to do press releases and watch movies and go to the museum for free. So for me, it worked out okay. I don't know if it helped me get a job later on, but the second time around when I decided I want a career in art is when I knew, okay, internships are vital because a lot of people that get internships end up working in the industry because of that internship. Either they get hired directly from that internship at that studio, or they're able to get other jobs. And so when I was looking for art schools, I only focused on art schools where studios went to those schools. And on the websites for those schools, it would say, recruiters come to our school from the following studios. And if it didn't say that, I wouldn't go. And so rather than staying in Denver, I decided, oh, I'll just go ahead and move to California and I'll go to a school in California. And I didn't know about any of the Cal State schools, but I knew about California College of Art and Art Institute and Cal Arts and Art Center. And so I looked at all those and I found out about Academy of Art and they had a master's program. And I thought, great, I can be with other older people. <laughs> this will work for me. And so that's why I picked my school. So I recommend that for people. Don't just pick the art school that happens to be down the street mm-hmm. from where you live, even if that's more convenient. I mean, do what you can. I know that. You know, it can be kind of a privileged position to be able to even go to college. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, just go wherever you want, because you may not necessarily have that option. But if you do, if you get a scholarship, if you can put together the money, if you can make that choice for yourself, really research that. Don't just go to a school that says, we're an art school. Mm -hmm. We can give you a degree, because I think everyone here can say, no one can. (laughs) 
papers about that piece of paper at all. In fact, mine is in my closet. So that's how I don't really care that I got a piece of paper for this place. So, how did y'all go about researching what types of internships you wanted to do? Did you already know what you wanted to do in the industry? Or was it more of, oh, this studio seems cool and they're offering an internship, I will now apply. I had no idea what I wanted to do at a studio at all. I just knew I wanted to be in there and figure it out. And I was willing to do whatever internship they offered too. Like it could have been like sweeping the floor internship and I would have took it. But I think at Nickelodeon, you can only be a production intern if you, if you want to work on a show. And I knew I wanted to work on a show. I knew I didn't want to work in like a writing program or anything. So once I got my production internship, I kind of saw the way production operates. And then I just figured that I kind of fit in that mold. And I just kind of took it from there. I think my answer probably is like the blandest. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. No, that's, that's, that's good to know though. Because it's nice if it's, it's an all-encompassing internship. Yeah. Just apply for that. Yeah, exactly. And I think it is kind of interesting because do you think you wouldn't have gone into production had it not been for the internship? Yeah, that's definitely a possibility that, that I've never even explored in my brain. You know, like that's an alternate universe. Like, right. Yeah, it probably could have been different. But hopefully it's working out. (laughs) You're employed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. For me, at least, when I moved to California for school, I knew I wanted to do something within storytelling and characters. So, because there's a ton of internships within animation, within like gaming and whatnot. But I knew for myself, career wise, I wanted to go more towards storytelling. So, based off of that, I applied to studios that had internships that were more production and TV based. Well, for me, I've always known what I wanted to do, which is this dev type work or being a designer. So I think right off the bat, I knew I didn't want to do anything that was like being a PA or anything. And that's kind of why I steered clear of the Nick animation internship. Not to bash it or anything. It is great. I just wasn't interested in doing that kind of stuff. So I I looked through my school's career center and that's how I found the Nickelodeon Games internship. And I actually didn't even know Nickelodeon Games was a thing, like nobody knew. And I ended up getting the internship there, which at the time was working on Neopets because they had bought Neopets, who knew, right? (laughs) Yeah, so because gaming doesn't have a union, they did have a position called Art Intern. And so that's how I got to actually work on the production line, creating art for the game. And I thought it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I mean, other than that, my only other goal was to get into Pixar. So (laughs) I don't know. I didn't do too much research on internships, I guess. I just kind of went onto the career center board and I was like, Nickelodeon, I've heard of that. It's like, oh yeah, Sony, I've heard of that studio. So I kind of did probably something I don't recommend um, a lot of students to do, which is just pick off internships from big name companies that you've heard Mm. of. Do look into the smaller studios that people don't necessarily know of because they do provide a bountiful amount of knowledge you can gain. And that's something I didn't think about or even know back then. And for the most part, I didn't get into a lot of the internships I applied for most of the time, but I did get something out of just applying. So do apply. (laughs) That's the first step. On the flip side of the looking at smaller studios, like the really, really small ones, one thing to consider is that if you see, let's say, 15 interns and only three full-time employees, and the interns are all creating artwork for the projects that they have, know that's happening and get what you need out of the experience and make work, but don't stay there too long Mm -hmm. because that 
seems to be their business model. Yeah. And I'm referring to something that happened in the Midwest. It wasn't out here, so yeah. not bashing anyone. <laughs> so when I was in school, I interned at two comedy theaters in Chicago, uh, the Second City as well as The Annoyance. And basically the setup was if I work there in the administrative offices, or like designing props for any of their shows, I could take free classes for improv and comedy writing. And one of my goals is to write for animation. So comedy seems like a pretty, pretty decent skill to have. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a funny person, so I need to go. <laughs> I disagree. Oh, That's you, that I, was I, funny. <laughs> so that means all of my work is paying off. Yep. So <laughs> it actually just started with like looking at where are these comedy theaters, where like where are these comedians getting trained and like at the time Tina Fey was really big Amy Poehler and they had came out of Chicago and interesting fact improv specifically all kind of like came out of Chicago oh. <laughs> so there's a lot of comedy theaters there and so when I found those two theaters that's kind of how I narrowed that down. But with the other studio I worked at, RPM Visual Media, they made online advertisements like the banners mm. or little informational videos. And so I interned with them and I did like motion graphics. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for a month before getting the Nickelodeon internship. It's just like you keep trying to get all this experience that kind of gets you the experience where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And just seeing what's around. Because like I said earlier, like I couldn't afford to move right away. So... If I can't move, then I need to go get some experience wherever I can. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. A lot of research, which is really smart. I like what, how you said, okay, who do I like in the industry? Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Where did they go? Oh, they went to these places. Okay, that is where I should go. That's a good way to do it. And for me, it was very similar. When I was in school, I just looked at, all right, which movie studios and television studios are creating the shows that I actually like to watch. Mm -hmm. And then which artists came out of which studios. And then also I would watch the credits. And a lot of times in the credits, you know, it will show Disney or it'll show Pixar. It'll show Nickelodeon, but it will also show other studios. Mm -hmm. So it would show, you know, Oddbot yeah. or Six Point Harness or Jam Filled or Bardell. So it would show these other places that I didn't necessarily know anything about. Well, then I would research them and find out, okay, are they also offering internships? Because for me, after my second semester, I was ready to work. Art school is very expensive, and I was paying for it by myself, and I was paying my rent by myself, and I thought, this costs too much. San Francisco is too expensive. I need to get out of here as quickly as possible. The only way to do that is to get a job. I need to get a job as fast as I can, and it didn't quite work that way. But I just started applying to every single studio that offered an internship, mm -hmm. and I applied for storyboard internships and production assistant internships. And it took the entire time I was in school before I got one, because to be honest, my work was not that good. Second Whoa. semester, you know, I thought it was great. And then after I graduated, looking back, going, oh. <laughs> but just, you're right, apply. Any studio that's doing the kind of work that you want to do, apply. And don't just go with the big places, go with the little places and the in-between places. And you're also right too. research those places because there were some studios that I would hear from people or on the news that weren't paying their interns or yeah. were having interns doing work they shouldn't do and essentially just using them as free 40 to 50 hour a week labor and then people rising up and suing those places. And I thought, all right, I don't want to work there. It's not worth it to be abused on the job. So don't do that. 
it's also something you can't premeditate sometimes. Like, right. you can't know what yeah. to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having those goals, like, what do I need out of this? Let me get it and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in a respectful way, of course. Yeah. Also, they should respect you too, though. Yeah. <laughs> it works both ways. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, I hear this even now and from you know different people don't be the intern who's going no i'm not going to get you a cup of coffee no yeah. i'm not going to make you copies of the copy machine i'm better than that <laughs> don't be that person i make copies for people now when they ask nicely yep. i mean come on man it's just a piece of paper so <laughs> you know when you get there you don't want to be that person who's just not helpful because you think it's some kind of weird yeah. principle you're just being rude at that point yeah a thin line for sure yeah yeah we were just talking about it last week yep. um mm-hmm. how i i would get james to staple my papers because they don't give us staplers for some reason <laughs> <laughs> i heard a story from somebody about an intern that had the job of printing copies every so often. And I guess uh, one of the people in charge of that intern was like, where, where are the copies? And she said, oh, they're at the printer. As if they like teleport to you or something. Like, it was just, that was funny, but it was all also like, whoa, okay. That's kind of weird. And actually, this kind of leads to, so some of you have mentioned this. I'm curious, how many times did y'all apply for internships before you got your internship? Oh man, three times. Yeah, three times, I think, because, and this kind of like is information that I could use in my last answer too, but Cal State Fullerton had a really good career center where they would post like openings for internships and stuff. But I think I applied on that thing like three times, maybe even more. Each semester I was applying, but it didn't really happen until one time there was this lady named Veronica who was a recruiter at Nickelodeon. And she came to our school and uh, she had like a little seminar about applying to internships and stuff. And it was real helpful because the one thing that changed everything for me was that she told me how early to apply. Like, even though it was like more early than they would ask, but she always, she told the people in there to apply two months in advance of when the job posting was or something. It was something crazy like that. And I did that. And then I ended up getting like a call. And so either on time or very early. You should be applying, it seems. However, you can go about jumping on it quick enough. For me, my first two internships at Bento Box and Titmouse, it was for Titmouse, it was just emailing the head of HR and she said, found me an internship position. But with Nickelodeon, it took me five times of applying. And with the fifth time, I actually got solid resume and cover letter advice. And that seemed to help out a lot just because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so adding to it, just keep on applying because you might not get the first or third, but if you keep on applying, something may happen. And if you don't apply, it's for sure a no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time you applied, did you change your cover letter or change your Uh, resume? Not so much like the first three times, but like with the fifth time, I actually like found out how to proper. I was doing like the artistic resume design (laughs) when instead of just doing simple bullet points Mm -hmm. and like condensing sentences down. And then with my cover letter, just more like specifying what the experience I had and then also like what I hope to get out of the internship instead of, I don't know, I just like copied a generic cover, like (laughs) typed into Google, like how to write cover letter and didn't, they're so generic. So making it more specific to like my experiences and then also like what I wanted in my career. What was the artistic resume? (laughs) (laughs) Just too much art using like 
cool fonts and whatnot, but it was just like really cluttered and it was hard to read. And the point of a resume is to make it as we work in artistic industry. So like you can make it look nice, but legible at Mm -hmm. the same time. I've seen a lot of resumes like that, actually, (laughs) where it's like it's beautiful, but it's almost like overwhelming. Yeah. You want it to be like (laughs) you want it to be just clear Mm -hmm. and simple. That's what I learned about resumes, too. You want to make it readable. How about you, Jocelyn? How many times did you apply? So for Nickelodeon Games, I got that one on my first try. And then Pixar, I had to apply three times. I think I mentioned it on the podcast we did before. For Pixar, I almost didn't apply on my last try, which was the third time. Because I was graduating and I was like, oh, whatever, I should just look for a job. Who cares? And then then people were like, oh, did you apply? Did you apply for it yet? I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go apply. So I just did it because everyone kept pressuring me and kept asking me and I got annoyed. (laughs) And then I actually got it that time. So I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) So the key I'm hearing is, hey, friends, annoy your friends because you apply for a job. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) Those are good. Yeah, those are good friends. I had a very like, I want to say academic and sort of art school nerdy friends. We were all very like, yeah, we're going to get a career and, and all these things. <laughs> like, did you apply for this thing? Did you apply for scholarship stuff? And yeah, we were always asking each other that. And then we would like look at each other's homeworks and be like, you should have put some bounce light in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think it was about that final time you applied that you didn't have in the previous cover letters Um, or resumes? I don't think it's the resume or cover letter that actually did anything because actually in my career, I've never gotten a job because of a cover letter or resume. I've gotten jobs people don't even look at my resume. So (laughs) I'm very doubtful like a resume and cover letter actually changes anything. I think it's mostly in your portfolio. But actually when I got to Pixar, I asked my mentor, I was like, oh, how did I get this internship over, you know, the rest of the people who apply? And he told me, because we have like on recruitment data at our school, we have like different recruiters from different companies come. And one of the tables was Pixar. And we do like this speed dating thing where you get like, I don't know, something like five, three minutes or something with each table. (laughs) So, but yeah, we we had a table for Pixar and then they had Harley Jessup and Bryn. I forget her last name. It was something very unique, but (laughs) I sat down with them and then, you know, I just did what you do. Like you show them your portfolio, talk to them for a bit and... My mentor at Pixar said what got me in was that she came back from her trip to our school and she came to him. She's like, hey, I met this girl like at the Art Center recruitment day thing and I saw her portfolio. I think it might be good for your show. And the show was Inside Out. um, It was still in development at the time. And so she passed it to him and he was like, oh, okay. And apparently that's how I got in. I don't know. (laughs) That's all the information I got. (laughs) Good on you for asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was very curious. I'm always really curious how these things work. It's like James said, like, does it matter if you apply earlier? Does it matter if you apply later? Like, there's, I feel like there's a lot of conspiracy theories around getting internships and like a method of applying, but Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one like straight shot answer. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got some weird, funky Mm -hmm. way that they got in. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you kind of mentioned like the resumes really only seem to matter when you're trying to get like a PA gig yeah. or like a yeah. production coordinator gig. For but, yeah, if you're gonna be an artist, like it rides on your portfolio. Yeah. I've even gotten jobs when people didn't even look at my portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, politics. Just yeah. weird so. things that happened. It's it's the entertainment business. <laughs> How often have you gotten gigs like when you just know somebody? Not really often or at all at this point. Uh, most of my jobs I had to pretty much fend for myself I think (laughs) up to this point I think now that I've started to get a little bit more well connected that's how I'm able to get into places that are harder to get into or like get in touch with people that I couldn't have before but for the most part yeah I've always I've always just applied or I don't know, sneak in there <laughs> somehow. <laughs> we'll get into that too. Cassie, I wanted to find out from you, how many times did you apply to Nick before getting your internship at Nick? It was three times. All right. And the first two, I don't think I really changed my resume or cover letter. But after, like, because I would get in the first interview but I would never get the second interview. So I was like, okay, screw this. I'm going to like really like focus in. And out of anchor, I read the job description thoroughly and highlighted keywords that I felt that I have. And I made a point of putting those keywords in my cover letter and speaking into the experience I had for those words. So that was directly what they were asking for. And I got a third interview, you know, like the, the first one for the third time applying. <laughs> and luckily, because I had those keywords, and so I knew the talking points. And then also I had questions, because like if you just, they give you an opportunity to ask them questions for a reason. And I feel like that the major reason is, have you done your research? What do you want to know? Will you use your time with us like you should? And so I asked all those questions and I ended up getting a second interview. And also, at Nick at the time, at least, they would ask, what show are you interested in working on? And like, there's no promises, but mine was Fanboy and Chum Chum, and lo- that was my first choice. And luckily, that was the crew that called me back. And that was like the only time I got a second interview, so I was going to use it the best I could. So I asked them all the questions that I would have asked if I had gotten the internship. Mm-hmm. And they actually hired me over the phone because of how interested I was. And wow. I, I feel like it was because they knew that I would use my time there. Valuably. I like that you said keywords because that's yeah. important because a lot of these resumes and cover letters, I don't know how it is for some studios, but this is how it was for other places I've worked outside of animation is that a lot of the stuff goes through databases that picks out keywords. Oh. And so a lot of times if the computer systems that they're using for cover letters and resumes, if you don't have certain words listed, it just doesn't get shown people and it's not like they can't look at them but a lot of places are getting hundreds and thousands of resumes and cover letters so it just helps with Mm -hmm. that process but again i don't know if the animation industry works that way i know that other businesses work that way for me i can tell you that i seriously doubt that my resume and cover letter was the reason i got my internship (laughs) and the reason why i say this is because so i applied to pixar Probably 10 times, but not just the production internship. I applied for everything they had. Mm. And I mean everything. I was applying to be a cook and an admin (laughs) and a storyboard artist (laughs) and a storyboard intern and a production assistant, production intern, to work in the gift shop. Like any job they had, I applied. So I don't actually know how many times were just for the internships themselves. Mm. I just kept applying. 
But what got me in was I was co-president of Women in Animation, and we had our meetings at Pixar. And one of my mentors used to go to my school and she was mentoring me and I'd met her through Women in Animation because she had been one of our guests at one of the panels that I hosted. And that's how I got to meet her because a bunch of people kept telling me, you should talk to this person. And so she was reviewing my storyboards. So she wrote me a very nice recommendation letter. And then because I had been at Pixar so many times, and because I was doing Women in Animation, and because I've been a PA on a bunch of reality shows, <laughs> that helped me get an interview for a position with their events team. And I interviewed over the phone and in person with their events team, and I didn't get the position. Oh. And then I went to a friend's birthday party, and one of her friends worked at Disney Interactive, and I told him about the interview, and he coached me on how to better do my next interview in animation. Wow. And here's how you should say things. Like, here's show that you're enthusiastic about this, and show that you're really interested in working on this. Because the same thing had basically happened to him. And so he was telling me, like, here's how to conduct yourself in an interview. And I didn't get the job. And so what ended up happening was, right after I found out I didn't get the job, I immediately emailed the recruiter and said, thank you very much for the opportunity to apply for this job. I know that y'all pick someone else. I appreciate the fact that, you know, you're, you're telling me in person. Yeah. I know, though, that you're also offering internships. I would love to apply for an internship if that's still available. Wow. And she wrote me back like the next day and said, sure, you can apply for the internship we'll have our recruiter call you. So then the recruiter called me and it was a 10 minute conversation because I had just applied for this other job. And so then I went in for the interview and the interview process was three hours long because they have you interview with different departments because for the internship program, they have for spring, they had five openings. So you interviewed with each department and one of the departments I interviewed in, this woman comes in Turns out she was one of the people helping to head up the internship department. And she looks at me and she goes, oh, I know who you are. You help run women in animation. I've been to a bunch of your meetings. So I'm like, wow. oh, okay, that's great. Hi. It was, really, it was really unnerving, but she was very, very nice. And then I ended up getting my internship with my department because we didn't really talk about development. They found out I had worked on American Idol and we talked about reality television for like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for me, I think my story demonstrates be really involved mm. while you're in school. Mm. Whatever you can do beyond just your homework, whatever organizations you can start or be a part of, whatever meetings and events and conventions you can go to, however many people you can meet, whatever part-time freelance jobs you can get outside of school that will help you gain your skills. Do as much of that as you can and still try to get some sleep. <laughs> Not very good yeah. at it, but do more than what is asked of you because I think I can say this freely for everybody here in the room. All of y'all are here because I know for a fact that all of you guys do more than what is asked of you. You guys go above and beyond what you're doing. And that's really what it takes. Like almost everybody I've met who works in the industry, like 90% of the people, they do a ridiculous amount of work and mm -hmm. that's what got them in. So you're right. It's not just cover letters and resumes. <laughs> it's kind of like the formality thing that everybody has to do. It's human connections and volunteering. 
I think a good point you brought up is that you don't always have to talk about like businessy stuff in um, mm -hmm. interviews. Like, mm -mm. like sometimes if you just want to talk about American Idol, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's it helps to make people feel comfortable talking to you, mm -hmm. and if, and it's good if you find something in common because then it's like, oh, this person's kind of cool. Like, I like talking to this person, mm -hmm. and you want people to like you. That's the point. You know, you don't want to come off psychotic or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Like, have confidence and be kind without coming off as weird in an uncomfortable way because there's there's weird fun quirky interesting and there's weird i am now deeply uncomfortable i think all of y'all know what i'm talking about uh -huh. if you don't i highly recommend toastmasters or other like i'm not even kidding like other you know like public speaking things like take classes read books on communication oh, yeah. there's ways that you can you talked about this before in your interview james yeah. like Emotional intelligence. Yeah. But that's something you can learn. Mm -hmm. Like, if you feel like you're lacking in that, there's seminars and books and things you can do to practice. You can practice with your roommates, practice interviewing with friends so that you come off as being able to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really good. And actually, you bring up a good point too, Jocelyn. So with the interviews themselves, how did y'all conduct yourselves in the <laughs> interviews? Like, what <laughs> kinds of things were asked of you? And then what did you ask them in turn to show them Yes, I pay attention to your company. I'm not just reading from a script. Okay. So in the interview that I had for my internship, it was horrible. <laughs> like, it, it <laughs> went, <laughs> I tried though. I, I had I, I made preparations and stuff though. Like it's the technical stuff. Like I, I made at the time I was in Kansas City at my dad's house. Cause I was working that summer to like save up money for a car so that I could like bring it back to LA or Fullerton at the time. And so he had dogs and I had to, I made sure I put the dogs away outside. And by the way, they could hear the dogs still, but I tried to put them away cause I had to do a video conference meeting actually. And I made sure nothing was behind me so that they weren't distracted. I think I looked up 10 questions on Forbes <laughs> that, that they asked in interviews, which did not help. And I just kind of like rehearsed some of the answers that I would give to certain questions and stuff. But when the interview actually happened, though, they could still hear the dogs barking. <laughs> like my, my connection was going in and out. But they liked, they liked me because I kept my optimism. Each time that we had to restart up the interview, I acted like nothing happened. I didn't even know. They didn't tell me until like after I got the internship, too, that like they could still hear the dogs barking and stuff. <laughs> But some of the things that they asked me were like general questions like, tell me about yourself. I think everybody knows that question. What think, do you think they're looking for when they ask you that? You know, I think they genuinely want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. But I also think they want to see if you're going to start rambling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's a test. I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious. It, it is a test, though. Like, most of these interview questions, they're... Obviously, you can find them on the internet because a lot of these interview questions, they're just very phoned in and like, oh, what are your three weaknesses? What are your, what are your three strengths? You can give like the cheesiest answers because everyone's going to give the cheesiest answers. Yeah. There's no other way to answer it. <laughs> but the point of it is that they want to see that you're prepared for it mm -hmm. and they want to see that you're organized and you know how to talk about yourself and you know how to speak. Mm -hmm. So that's the actual point 
of the interview question portion. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they like, tell me about yourself. And then you start rambling like, oh, and then, you know, like fifth grade, I, I uh, stole a quarter from my mom's purse. You know? <laughs> Honored me ever since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and that's pretty much it for me. Like, I give a few. I'm trying to remember, like, the interview was buzzy now. I remember I was super nervous for the Nickelodeon internship because I interviewed for a show called Wally Kazam. In my heart, I'm an introvert, and, like, interviews sometimes you have to be, like, this really extroverted person. <laughs> but um, I just kind of, like, lied to myself where I'm like, this is yours, you got it, and just kind of, like, <laughs> amped myself up. But then also did my research about the show, actually watched episodes of the show um, instead of just like Googling the characters. I think that helps a lot because as a production assistant on Shimmer and Shine, I sat in on a lot of intern interviews and you can totally tell on the other side when someone has not watched the show that they're interviewing on. So I know it's okay to be nervous, but then I think doing your research helps you even if you have the nerves, like be able to talk, you know, be yourself within an interview. I think for me, I kind of did what James did when I was, I don't interview the same way I did when I was applying for internships, but back then I used to do what James did, which was go on the internet, look up, you know, the 10 most common questions you would find in an interview. Mm -hmm. And then I would actually write it down and write down like mm -hmm. my response. Mm -hmm. But the key is not to memorize your answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's to memorize the points of it. Because what happens if you memorize things word for word is that you go in they ask you a question and then you mess up one word and the rest of it is gone. <laughs> and then you're stuck there. You're like, Ugh, oh, what, what was I going to say? You, know, like, you, you don't want to do that. You want to remember like the key points of what you want to hit. And if you forget something, that's fine. Like, just leave it. It's Just give them enough information to answer a question. And also, I'm also a very introverted person. So for my Nickelodeon Games interview, there were two interviews I did. One was over the phone and the second one was in person. So over the phone one was actually a lot easier because that one was with the girl from HR. And she basically just asked, oh, yeah, you know, what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? What do you know about whatever we're doing? And I actually used to play Neopets, went back when I was like 12 or 10 or whatever, <laughs> whenever that was. Um, so that that was fairly easy for me to nail because I was like, oh, yeah, I actually used to play the game. You know, I, I would like go in this, enter like these beauty contest things for my pets. That's It's called a beauty contest, but actually you just draw a picture of your pet and post it on the internet and people vote for it. That's what it is. <laughs> and, and I, I used to do all these contests on on the website so like I could get really really specific about it because I was so nerdy back then and <laughs> I guess like that really helped me because over the phone I felt that I did pretty well and then they called me in for the second interview and the person who interviewed me actually was also very introverted so it was a very awkward interview because <laughs> most of it was just silence like we got into a room we sat down and she was it was just like dead silence for like five seconds or something and then she'd be like so um tell me about yourself like she was like very soft-spoken and very like she was clearly also introverted and I was like oh god I'm in trouble <laughs> but the thing I do in interviews is that I always try to make them talk more so I just try mm -hmm. to keep throwing the ball back at them like just keep talking because I don't want to talk so. <laughs> and 
the interview went on for a couple minutes just being like silence and back and forth very short sentences and questions and the end part of it was I asked her what a day is like like working in the studio and that's how she could go on talking about oh yeah we have a meeting usually for like this thing and then artists will do this and she went on like about like a typical day she goes through or like a typical day most of the artists go through mm -hmm. and that's like that was like the one question i could actually just sit there and be like okay finally i don't <laughs> have to talk <laughs> so yeah i think that interview lasts about half an hour or almost an hour or so mm -hmm. but i was kind of like wasn't sure if i got it or not because it was so awkward <laughs> <laughs> But I guess it was okay. It was just that we just had a really strange matchup of personalities. So sometimes that happens. Like you walk into a room and you're just like, oh, I can tell this is going to go down. Because <laughs> like your personality isn't going to match up. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that it might be a little bit awkward because two people who don't really like to talk, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> like, that's all I can say. <laughs> but sometimes you just have to deal with it. And part of interviewing is how fast can you snap back from a very awkward or very uncomfortable situation. Like like James was talking about the dogs. I think one piece of advice I could give is when you go into an interview, like just be prepared. Even if you don't gel well with that person, you can try to, but if you don't, just keep your cool and mm -hmm. just try to get through the questions. Maybe ask them a question so you don't have to talk <laughs> and you'll be okay. <laughs> so I'm an extrovert in introvert's clothing. <laughs> and um, one thing I've learned, especially in situations where like you're in another room with an introvert or, or just someone like who's just asking these questions that are pre-planned that they're asking everyone, sometimes the question won't actually reflect what you've kind of prepared to say. So, and this was more than just the internship interview. Sometimes you just have to be like, I just want to take a moment and just mm -hmm. like share that I have this skill and I really want to use it for you guys, because I'm passionate about what you guys do and it lines with my values or something. Mm -hmm. So I always try to find a way of, you know, sharing that because some of these interview questions, although they get quick and to the point, don't always really reflect what you might need to tell them to show the uh, recruiter that you're the person they need. I wish I knew that <laughs> when I interviewed <laughs> a long time ago because I spoke really fast and I had over-prepared and kind of what Jocelyn was saying, like, don't read off a script. Like, basically, I rehearsed my script so much <laughs> that it was like a full-on theatrical monologue. <laughs> so, like... Did you have props? <laughs> well, it was uh, it was only audio, so okay. I didn't need any props. It's not like radio drama. Uh, so yeah, luckily they found that charming, I guess, and I I did end up getting that third interview. So like, yeah, don't over prepare. <laughs> But also, um, I guess just have humility. If it gets away from you, because I feel like mine did, I just took a moment and just be like, I'm sorry, let me start that answer again. <laughs> that got away from me. And it's also, it takes a lot of maturity to be like, you know what? Yeah, let me start over. Mm -hmm. And I think that could go a long way too, especially if you catch it early and don't go <laughs> down that rambling rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> that's, that's great I love that I love it very much yeah for mine I love talking to people so that interviews work well in my favor because I really like talking to people also I've been on the other side of that table 
when I lived in New York and worked in publishing, I hired my replacement before I moved out to Denver to work at art museum. So I learned a lot of what to do and what not to do by listening to what people that I was interviewing for my job were doing and what they weren't doing. And what I recommend for people is take a deep breath before you go in Mm -hmm. because obviously you're nervous. You really want this job. What you may not realize is the people on the other side are often just as if not more nervous than Mm -hmm. you because all they know of you is from a piece of paper and they're literally hoping that you come in that you wow them and that they don't have to talk to a dozen more people Mm -hmm. because it takes a lot of time to find a really good candidate they're hoping that you're that one so they can go oh good we found them we're done now Mm -hmm. we don't have to talk to anybody else so if that gives anybody comfort out there They want you to succeed. They want you to do really well in your interview. They're hoping you're that person. Specifics that I did was the nice thing with Pixar that they did at the time was they told you everybody you were interviewing with. And so Mm -hmm. since all of these people were at Pixar, I just looked up every single person. So I researched every single person and looked up everything they did. And then when I was done being intimidated after seeing the number of movies they had worked on, decided, (laughs) okay, this is great. These are all these movies they've worked on. This is something I can ask them about and talk to them about. And what I also did was I figured out why specifically I wanted to work at Pixar. Because the cop-out answer is, it's Pixar, you love it, it's great, hooray! And it's like, that's not good enough. Thousands of people are applying to them, telling them, I love your studio, I've watched it for, you know, all your movies forever. What I told them was the reason... I want to work for you, and this still holds true for why I like them, is you're not afraid to look at your stories, decide, hey, this isn't working, and completely start over. Because not every studio can do that, and not every studio does that. And I knew for a fact that they did that, having mentors and friends who are now working at the studio tell me, hey, I was in a meeting about our movie, and they destroyed it and now it's getting rebuilt so i knew from the from facts that from these people that they were doing that and also on the behind the scene dvds and everything they talk about oh we had this movie it wasn't working out so we remade it in nine months Toy Story <laughs> 2. so i really respected that and i said that in the meeting i said i appreciate the fact that y'all aren't afraid to do that because that can be very scary and then i also figured out how my skills could be transferable because i hadn't worked in animation mm-hmm. but i worked in reality television there's still entertainment. There's a lot of crossover between working on a television show versus working on a movie studio in terms of people interaction and workload. And spreadsheets are the same no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. So I was able to tell them, these are how the skills that I had before, this is how I can use those skills for what I'm doing now. So being able to show people, you know, if you had different types of jobs, how those jobs can help you in the current job mm-hmm. is really, really important. And then I made about a dozen copies of all my materials, so all the resumes and cover letters. It's good to assume that they might have that, yeah. but just in case they don't, if you have a very nice binder or a very nice you know resume holder that has all of that and if you have business cards which i recommend you have 
And if they say, oh, do you have a copy of your resume? Your answer should always be, why, yes, mm -hmm. here it is. And it's nice and crisp. <laughs> like, have all that, you know, go in wearing your nice business clothes. I know in animation, the uniform is jeans and a hoodie. <laughs> it's fine if your interviewer is wearing that. Most likely, unless you're the director that mm -hmm. has gotten an Emmy, you probably should not be going to your interview and... Jeans and ugly. <laughs> wear, wear nice clothes. So, you know, I wear nice clothes. I researched who the people were. I had lots of copies of things. I figured out how my skills would be useful and then took a deep breath. Another thing I did too, which I don't know if this helps, but I read it in a book once. If they offer you coffee or tea or water, say yes. I don't know if that helps, but every single person that asked me, hey, would you like more water? My response was, why, yes. Yes, I would. So I had about five cups of water. I don't know if that means anything. I read it in a book on acting once that whenever you go to a meeting, you should always get a glass of water. Maybe you can speak to this, Jeff, if that's ever happened to you. But I just figured, hey, if they're offering me water and snacks, I, I will take all the water and snacks. <laughs> I always say no. Hey, you still got it, so I don't know. I'm like, what if I need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the interview? Yeah, I just figured, hey, I'm going to show that I'm happy to take whatever they're willing to share, so. To speak kind of into maybe why it helps actors is that it grounds you in the environment. I mean, if you have something in your hand, then you don't have to figure out what should I do with my hands. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe it's something to do with that. Right? Yeah, could be, yeah. They call it the business, like, when you have business to do <laughs> yeah. in the scene, you know, yeah. Yeah, in animation, maybe it'd be, like, secondary action. Right. <laughs> <laughs> secondary action, taking that glass of water. Like, let's have some overlap. <laughs> so I, I had some weird logic that I couldn't take the cup of water with me into an interview, so I was like, wait, but if, so if I say yes to the water, then I gotta finish it out here. And then I go into the interview, and then what if I need to go to the bathroom in the middle? I'm like, no, it's just too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the moral is whatever works for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, and to speak to your point too, Cassie, about monologues and such, when I get really excited, I tend to speak very fast. Mm -hmm. So one of the Me things too. that I've learned to do in interviews is remind myself, however fast you're speaking, Slow that down about 10%. Because <laughs> even though in your mind you feel like you're speaking slowly, you're actually now mm -hmm. speaking at a normal pace. So for those of you out there that tend to speed up, if you get nervous, just remind yourself just to slow down a little. Yeah. Trust me, you sound normal if you slow down. When I was mind. younger, I used to speak fast on purpose. Because I was like, I don't want to waste anyone's time if they don't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I don't care. <laughs> I'll say what I want but I feel like also it's like all the intention you can give to any of this you should and it's really interesting thinking about other people's perception of you because mm -hmm. it could literally be whatever you want it to be you get to choose what you say you choose how you look and those all together make the perception right yeah, yeah. um to add to that just because I've been on both sides of interviews Eye contact's a huge thing, um, whether you have to do like a video interview, because we'd get people both for Wally and Shimmer who were staring down the mm. whole time. And then also like, I don't know, like have some confidence in yourself, which in part, like take a deep breath, put yourself in a good posture, because like just even that, like having eye contact and how you're holding yourself mm. speaks a lot. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I've also heard a trick that I still use today. Like, you know, some people get really nervous looking into other people's eyes because they're just like, oh yeah, we're making eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> one trick I learned is that don't look at their eyes, look at their eyebrows if you're nervous because no one can tell the difference. So now when I talk to people, I just stare at their eyes. Oh yeah, you told me you do that. And I always used to think, is my forehead that big? Like, just looking up. You notice? <laughs> I'm like very hyper aware of stuff. The other thing too is they're already on your side if you're already in the room. Yeah. So the fact that you got the interview means that they like something about you. Yeah. Either mm-hmm. your personality if they've met you before or your resume or your cover letter or your portfolio or the recommendation from one of their co-workers or one of your teachers. So you already have something going for you, so you just need to build on the positiveness mm-hmm. that they're already thinking about you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're coming in with nothing. You already have something going for you there. I've also heard from my boss who interviewed this girl who came in when I was working at this one studio. He said that um, this particular girl who came in, she didn't really have a strong portfolio and like no one was really impressed with her work. It was still a little bit lacking. I think she either didn't do well on the test or she didn't really finish the test, but they hired her in the end. And he said what really sold it was that the fact that when she came in, it was like she was interviewing them, not oh. the other way around. Like she was asking questions and like all these really specific things. And then they ended up hiring her because of that. Like she was really interested and she was a huge fan wow. of the project in particular. And I was like, really? That works? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause I've, I've always thought it wrote on your portfolio, but apparently you can turn it around with the way you interview, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. Unfortunately, it kind of did show that her work wasn't up to par. <laughs> so <laughs> on production that is. It also takes a special employer to see things like that too, though. It does. Mm -hmm. I think it does. Yeah. If you're going into one of those group interviews, what I've realized is that even though you're seeing all these people, there's usually like one or two, three people who are the key people you have to impress because those are the people Mm -hmm. with the big decisions and they're probably the ones that you're going to be working closely with. And so everyone else, it's it's not that they don't matter. It's just that you just got to make sure that they get the impression that you're not a psycho. And then (laughs) those three key people, you sell it to them, like put all your energy into that. And if you can impress them, you might have a chance of getting in. With those side people, though, like sometimes in an interview, their assistant will like take you to the conference room where you're meeting their boss. And I'm always, however nice I am to that recruiter or that producer is how nice I am to their assistant. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like, not that anyone would be rude on purpose, of course, but how you treat people, everyone kind of sees around. Mm -hmm. This is true. And if you have good supervisors, and if you are a good supervisor, if the person you're interviewing treats your intern or your assistant poorly, they will notice. Mm -hmm. And then they won't want to hire you because they think, oh, you're only trying to impress certain people, but everyone else you're treating poorly? That's not good. Mm -hmm. That's a a character defect there. So you just treat everybody with respect. Yeah. The thing about those assistants, too, is one day they will have that job. Yes, they will. And they'll remember. Because people don't forget. (laughs) You know? People do not forget how they're treated, if they're treated well or if they're treated poorly. So be the one that treated them well. Don't be the one that treated them bad because... I don't know, some people. I had a a friend that he was working at Nickelodeon Games when I was an intern. We're still friends today, and we had lunch a year or so ago, but 
he was like, yeah, I always tell people you got to be nice to the interns, like make friends with them because you never know. They could be your boss one day or you could need something mm -hmm. from them one day. You never know where they're going to end up. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, see, for you, Jocelyn, I still remember that you made cookies for us. <laughs> I really like to bake. So I made cookies for the entire design crew uh, one time. And then he said he never forgot it. So, you know, it helps to be nice to people. And the fact that we're still friends and we talk today, it's like, yeah, we're, I was an intern before, but now we're both working and we're both working professionals. So you just, you just never know. If he was mean to me, then, you know, that wouldn't have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Never underestimate the power of baked goods. People love food. <laughs> we have our interns now have provided baked goods, and interns in the past have provided baked goods. I remember them very well, and I remember the baked goods that they did. <laughs> highly of them. So not just because of baked goods, but that helped. <laughs> so yes, baked goods, birthday cards, people remember that stuff. And that concludes part one of our internship roundtable. Special thanks to James, Jocelyn, Lauren, and Cassie for being fantastic guests. And make sure to check out all of their links in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal donation button. All of your donations directly go to helping us keep the show up and running. And thank you to everyone who has sent so many nice emails and Instagram messages and whatnot. We really appreciate them and we do respond to all of them. So if you haven't gotten a response yet, don't worry, your response is coming. And to see what else is going on in the wonderful world of animation, you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Animated Journey. On Tumblr, the site is www.theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at AnimJourney. And Jeff, where can people find you? They can find me at jeffbot.com, 1F, J-E-F-B-O-T. They can find me at Twitter, at jeffbot, J-E-F-B-O-T. And at Instagram, I'm at shootzee, S-H-O-O-T-Z-E-E. -E. And you can find me online by visiting www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at sketchysoul. So thank you to everyone for listening. And make sure to tune in next time for part two of the Internship Roundtable. Until then, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Thank you.